Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as that three-headed monster race for MVP, buddy. We'll see if any heads are added, because, you know, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, they're up there. They've got it. But that second tier, there's some guys, you know, that are still fighting. I mean, DeMar, he fell this week, sadly, over here for me, but we'll yeah, see what comes of it. Man, you know I love DeMar, but these guys, these dominant big men are, are making it back in style. They're having epic seasons. Um, I, I don't know if you could argue against any one of them, but the fact that you're right, the second tier of Luka, Jaw, and DeMar is right there, just wild. I mean, we've got, what, 20 games left in the season-ish, maybe a little bit less for some teams, so it's going to be interesting to see how it holds out, but, I mean, these bigs, they're they're pretty much taken over, but we'll talk about it later. We'll definitely be breaking down this MVP, this MVP race a little bit later, but Matt, let's talk about these takes. I don't think we both had super successful takes, but they're sleepers, right? We're waiting on them. We're going to hope that they come to fruition down the line. Dude, I feel like I almost jinxed our Raptors. Um, they've been, you know, they had a poor week and i was like oh but they beat broken back to back maybe they'll get back on track this week nope i was wrong um without fred van vliet man our guard rotation is just non-existent the fact that we don't have malachi flynn i may have jinxed us but i mean we'll get back into it in raptors chat um i'm not that worried about the team but yeah moments like these get us a little scared for me over here i mean atlanta they're holding on to the last spot in the play-ins so you know Maybe they won't make the playoffs, but, I mean, they're fighting. You can't really, you know, sell Trey Young out at the end of the day. That man will bow at Madison Square Gardens. So, can they jump the Hornets? Can they beat Brooklyn? I mean, Brooklyn's absolutely destroying Philly right now, so it's going to be interesting to see where things end up. Well, I think that's the crazy part for Atlanta, right? Um, Because let's say they do beat Charlotte in the play-in round, and the worst part about it for me is, like, I don't think they're playing Brooklyn in the play in the second playing game. I think they're playing the Raptors because you're right, man. What Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are doing to the, you know, Eastern Conference favorites in the 76ers <laughs> um, is pretty, pretty startling right now. 122 to 86. Ben still got Simmons five minutes left. Laughing in the Philadelphia arena right now. But in all honesty, it's Kevin Durant. That guy is a monster, but again, we'll talk about it later, Matt. There's lots for us to break down in basketball. I think we got to talk some football this week because we got some absolutely massive names shifting around. Dude, you know the league year's coming up. Um, absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. We'll start with my least favorite of the topics in A.A. Uh, Ron <laughs> Rogers, who's staying in Green Bay. Um you know, it's pretty predictable, man. The guy, is a, he's a safe kind of dude. Um, he likes to get paid. He likes his money. I, what a, whatever. He He's never going to win another Super Bowl. He might win a couple more MVPs, but nobody really I mean, cares. This is what we were talking about, right? Like, will he take you all the way? <clears throat> Debatable, questionable. But at the same time, can you not pay a back-to-back MVP? Like, will you get laughed at when he goes somewhere else and wins? A championship goes all the way you know tom brady style would he do it nah, probably not but would be interesting absolutely not is what i'm thinking man <laughs> it was 13 and th- what three this year 14 and three this year um they were the number one seed in the in the entire league yeah off a playoff or a, a bye in a home playoff game where the other team doesn't score an offensive touchdown and you're the MVP and you don't win? Like, you can make that $200 million, man. You know, good for you, but I don't know if you deserve it. No, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the organization. Like, you kind of got to pay him, but he's getting old. He hasn't proven himself in the last couple of years, regardless of that MVP, and playoffs is where it matters. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. A guy who's had a ton of playoff success before, Russell Wilson. Um he's been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this guy who has more quarterback wins in his first 10 seasons, more than any other quarterback not named Peyton Manning, pretty good company, Yeah, is going to the Denver Broncos, man. I think it was a great trade for Denver, in my opinion. 
I mean, when was the last time Denver was relevant? When you and I were watching the Super Bowl together all those Peyton years Manning. ago? Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy to think, right? Yeah, man. It's absolutely wild. The fact that they have a pretty solid roster. They, they have one of the better defenses in the NFL. They have a good wide receiving core. They they had Teddy Bridgewater, who I'm a fan of, but he's not your you know high-end starter. He's not a top 15 starter in this league. They had Drew Locke, who's barely a backup right now. Russell Wilson is a huge upgrade. Absolutely. I don't know if he's going to go in there and tear it apart because that division is tight, but he'll he'll do some damage. It's crazy the flop that it's been on, right? Because I know Russell was like dealing with some issues, and then he was like, no, I'm going to stay, and then they were like, oh, we're going to keep him. It's totally fine, and then all of a sudden, here we are, a big blockbuster trade, I guess. But, yeah, hopefully he can create some success, and... I'm sure Denver will appreciate him, for sure. Oh, I think they're absolutely going to love him. They have, um, you know, Green Bay's old quarterback coach, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, as their as their uh, new head coach. So offensive mind with Russell Wilson. I think that Jerry Judy kid is an absolute stud at wide receiver. Um, he was just hurt last year. They've got Cortland Sutton. Uh, they gave away Noah Fant, but he dropped some balls. So I think, man, and they're – their running back Williams, he is lights out good. So I think they're going to be a good team. I think all four of those teams are going to be good teams. Well, the Raiders, I, I, the Chargers, <laughs> and the Chiefs in that division. Like he's guys, joining murderers some, row. Right, he's joining some crazy QB company over there. And I mean, Mahomes probably coming back with a vengeance again this season. I mean, we said it last year, and we saw what happened. So we'll be interesting, regardless of where things go. Absolutely, man. And I think, like, the, the least interesting, uh, kind of quiet under the radar, um, the Commanders traded for Carson Wentz because they couldn't get Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I think it's, it's kind of funny that he ends up back in the NFC East with the Philadelphia set, uh, Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. I think he actually makes them one of the better teams in that division. The Giants suck. They got Daniel <laughs> Jones. The Eagles were good with Jalen Hurts. They were, yeah. Um, but the Commanders haven't had a legit quarterback in a few years, and I think Carson Wentz legit. I mean, 27 touchdowns, six interceptions last year, or seven interceptions, like whatever it is. Yeah, he makes some reckless boneheaded plays, but I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, they haven't had a legit team name in a few years. They got a legit QB now. I still don't know how I feel about Commanders, though, so I'm going to withhold my judgment Lame. until the season comes. But, yeah, pretty much. It's a lame name, man. But what are you going to do? That's that's the Washington Commanders for you. Um, we could talk about the MLB, man. They finally reached that agreement. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the players. I'm happy for it to happen. But 162 games is going to be crazy to pull together. The really exciting thing is that, you know, 12-team playoffs, right? That That's, like, the excitement here. And hopefully this will mean good things for players in the future. But, like... You know how I feel about baseball. It's it's just baseball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's America's pastime, or passes the time for everybody else. Um, you know why they went to the 12-team playoff, man. It's because those Braves had the exact same record as our Blue Jays. They go all the way to win it, and our Blue Jays don't even make the playoffs. So, hey, man, if you know, gives us a legitimate shot to get in there with the roster that we had last year, because I think we could have done some damage in the playoffs. So, it would have been, been good nice. for the boys to have the opportunity as well. But I think, you know, you look at the excitement of, you know, playoffs happening. You think about the fact that March Madness is around the corner, right? All of these games in this in this, in this this playoff format of just, like, win or lose. And, you know, maybe it'll be good for baseball to have a little bit more playoff-style games. So I think it's a good thing. I'm just glad that the negotiations were over because they lasted forever. Yeah, so long, man. And to go back to your, your point about playoff games and urgency, I think – if you think about what product is the most must-see every single game sport, it's football. Yeah. There's only 17 games in a season. Every game counts. And then in the playoffs, it's win or go home. The importance to show up on that day. So it makes it like, you know, if you think about it, the Colts didn't make the playoffs because they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who, I mean, let's be real. They're an NFL team. They get paid NFL money. They've got NFL players. True. But that's just how competitive it is and how on you have to be week in, week out. 
Baseball is 162 games. You go on like a 20 game, you know, skid, and it doesn't really matter. Man. So I I think if they're gonna drive revenue, if they're gonna drive you know fans in the seats, make them count. Make it more important. Make more teams available to the playoffs so that they're not eliminated. You know, in mid June or I mean, late July. The Braves proved that you know no matter how far down the table you are, you can still be relevant, and that's kind of the the beauty of baseball. The beauty of the way you can do so many different things and you have different pitchers you have different ways to play you have guys that are good at this versus that there's just like like football there's there's so many players on the team to provide such interesting things and coaches can really make an effect and you got a guy who can steal 50 bases in a season like that can be like there's so many cool little factors where my like analytical brain gets excited so that's what pulls me into baseball so yeah Yeah, give me more playoffs even though analytics are kind of ruining baseball because they, <laughs> they teach you not to hit ground balls and, you know, no balls in play, no double plays, no whatever. It's it's either striking out or home runs. Uh, but we can get away from baseball, man. You know, it's not a huge topic for us. Right. Um, if you want to talk about the NHL a little bit, man, I mean, that guy Austin Matthews is at like 44 goals now. Um, he's on pace for over 60, which would be the first time since I think Steven Stamkos did it back in like, 2012 2014 somewhere somewhere around there I'm pretty sure done it too. I think 2012 you're right because I remember going to a Leafs game when they were playing Tampa Bay and like hoping for like a goal 50 or something from Stamkos something so that, that's like a memory that's like jogging my my brain over here no oh, he, he was good man him and St. Louis um you know St. Louis was his, his setup man that year so and uh Stamkos just buried them and, and Matthews is kind of on a roll right now he's on a on a mission to get the Toronto Maple Leafs back on track. I think that they have the offense to win any game. It comes down to being able to play in tight checking, you know, games. And I don't know if they have the goaltending and I don't know if they have the defense to do it. Um, I was higher on them at the beginning of the season, but Tampa Bay is going to be their first round opponent most likely like that's just brutal it's a wild situation for this team to be in and can they get over their struggles can they get over their demons it's been this battle for this team that on paper has been fantastic and just falls short so can Toronto finally make their fans happy time will tell I ain't holding my breath dude they made the playoffs what once or twice in a 12-year span. I think it was once, until they got Austin Matthews. Since they've had that kid, they've been in the playoffs for six straight years. Crazy. Okay? Yeah. They have they have the players. Mitch Marner, they have Nylander, they have Tavares, they have Morgan Riley. They've got to put it together sometime, man. Or else, I mean, like, what are we doing here? Why are we... How can we even call him the best player in the world i mean i guess we call mcdavid the best player in the world without any kind of playoff success so but it's just brutal man it's like these guys gotta get it done i mean the season's coming down to the wire i mean i'm sure there's more time left for for a lot to happen but there's some fun storylines happening it's it's exciting for hockey i'm glad you at least are still happy with your montreal canadians even though they had like an okay week at the end of the day look dude at the end of the day um I, the Eastern Conference is so weird because the playoff line is like 72 points, but yet the next closest team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, are at 59. So they're a good 13 points back. They're lumped in there with the 50-point Islanders, the 47-point, you know, Jersey Flyers, Sabres, and, and Senators, and then us, who have 37. So, you know, we're not great. Martin St. Louis has seven wins in 12 games, which is one less than Dominic Ducharme had in 40 games. Wow. I think 40, 45, actually. Either way. Um, so, you know, he's got positivity going. Cole Caulfield's over a point-per-game player. Um, he had a point last night. He also had, a, like, a... Like, it looked like Dominic Ducharme had, like, taken over his body for a second. There's a moment where he's just, like, wide open, and he winds up for a slap shot, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. And then he shoots her right in the goalie's chest. And I'm like, Cole, you know you got, like, one of the best wrist shots in the league, right? Like, pick a corner. Snipe that thing, buddy. But, hey, man, teach their own. Nick Suzuki's coming into his own. Looks like that $8 million contract's actually going to be a steal. Um, So I'm pumped. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to next season. Yeah, exactly. It's about the future now, you know. Matt over here just, he's waiting for next year. He's enjoying the little moments, the sparks here and there, but he tries not to look at the table anymore because at this point, unless you guys don't lose another game, that's the season, you know? Dude, at the, at the end of the day, even if they went on and won the last, like, 20-some-odd games, they would at most end up with, I think, 87 points and... If you remember, just like three years ago, they missed the playoffs at 94 points. True, yep. Yeah. So it's it's almost like mathematically impossible at this point. Um, I Again, you're right. You nailed it right on the head. I'm just looking at the little positive moments. I'm just happy this team isn't getting blown out 7-1 to one on a consistent basis like they were under Dominic Ducharme. They look like they care. They look like they're fighting for each other. They had a rookie team party on Monday where the boys dressed up in scuba suits and were walking yes. around. It, it looked like a good time. It looks like they're having fun, and, and that's what matters, man. That's what this time of year is about if you're not going to make the playoffs. It's how, do we com- how do we make this fun? How do we build for next year? It's so good to see the dynamic change around, and hopefully we can keep that flow going for the future because I want to see it, man. I want you back to like a year ago, Matt, because that was crazy, man. I can't believe the like high highs that you were feeling with your team. Yeah, like you, you know, you tell – Canadians fans to chill out like you know it's not life or death here but like think about it we were in the Stanley Cup final and now we are we've won seven of 12 and actually seven of our last nine and yet are still in dead last (laughs) pain just pain pain anything else for the NHL this week my friend nah man I'm, I'm good to wrap up that and move on to some basketball perfect well I mean Pretty simple week for basketball. We're getting to that point in the season where games are just kind of happening. A lot of fans are just like, cool, we're in the playoffs. We're not in the playoffs. We're out of the playoffs. But there's that middling ground where the plan is still kind of happening. And, you know, Brooklyn's out here absolutely destroying Philly right now. Even though Joe Harris officially had season-ending surgery. He's done. Like I said, Joe can't find him anywhere. Harris still will not be playing this season. That's sad, man. Um, I mean, it's kind of the story of, of Brooklyn. They're brittle. They're hurt. Um, but, hey, if anything, tonight is a huge indicator that they could do some major damage. A 30-point win against the Eastern Conference favorites. 29 points. I'm rounding up. Um, we, take it. we take it. I mean, that's just absolutely fantastic. The fact that James Harden... Scored 11 points on three of 17 shooting. Yeah, it's going yeah, it's, wild. It's crazy, and you know we weren't expecting much from Joe Harris. So at the end of the day, he won't affect this team. Seth much, Curry, but. man, they replaced. <laughs> so true, honestly, and better shooter. But if we got to get rid of injuries out of the way. Tonight. I mean, thank you, thank you to my fantasy team over here. But can we talk about Jared Allen, the the real the real injury of the night to discuss? Because you know he went down with that finger injury against us. It's a fractured finger. They don't really have a timeline for him. He's been a big deal for Cavs, so this will matter. Dude, he's been absolutely fantastic for them this year. Um, it's going to be a major loss. Their uh, kind of giant lineup that they that they roll out there is kind of anchored around him. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's going to be a tough one for them to, to overcome. But that guy, Evan Mobley, is is pretty special and he'll be able to to kind of keep them afloat i think in the meantime and i I also got to bring up larry markinen who like has quietly been an important piece of that tall rotation i mean a lot of people thought you know they were crazy when they grabbed him from the bulls and oh yeah he put up a ton of points i think he had like 26 points against us the other night so like jared allen will be missed but if mobley can make up for his production while the rest of the team brings it together i'm still not worried about the Cavs. i'd love if we could jump them it would make me really happy if we could jump them but at this point in time ah man i just don't know it's gonna be a tough one man it's gonna be tough down the the end of the stretch i mean we can talk about it a little bit more if you if you want to get through the injuries and, and talk about cam reddish here though i mean he, curse didn't get us now <laughs> the curse the curse did not get us yeah with the mlb and with this uh we got lucky but yeah cam reddish he's out for the season poor guy it's his right shoulder. They're saying six weeks, but he's out for the season at this point. And the Knicks, man, the Knicks have fallen from grace. They're in a wild place. Hopefully, Cam can come 
you know, get healthy and come back for next season, and him and RJ can have that Duke brotherhood, and maybe they'll pick up Zion, but, man, right now, I don't know about the Knicks. To be honest, man, um, it was probably a good thing for him to get hurt. He was yeah. not playing very much. Um, they, for some reason, he and Tom Thibodeau do not see eye to eye, and I feel like he wanted a trade out of Atlanta so bad, and now he's going to want to trade out of New York so bad. Like, it's just brutal what they're doing to him out there, man. I, I feel really bad for Cam. But at the end of the day, hopefully he can just get healthy. He can, like you said, you know, team up with RJ in the summer, get together, maybe convince Zion to get out of New Orleans and, you know, form the big three out there. I'm sure New Orleans would uh, would love to have Julius back. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's not Let's not get into that, Matt. Should we talk about this MVP race? Should we get into it like we were, you know, kind of teasing earlier at the beginning? Yeah, I really, really, really want to get into it, man. Because these guys are having absolutely wild seasons. If you want to start with one of the fringe candidates here, you know, one of our favorites, Ja Morant. As a 6'2 point guard, 6'3 point guard, whatever he is. Point God. First in, in the paint scoring. He's... First in points off drive, second in fast break points, and fourth in clutch points. He is a man on a mission with this Memphis Grizzlies team. Has them in third place in the entire NBA. And yet, he's on the outside looking in. And there's three guys solidly ahead of him. I don't want to do the D-Rose comparison because I'm tired of, you know, this person is this person, this kid is like this guy. But third year fighting for it why not why can't Ja be the MVP of the league right and you know I think Memphis unless Golden State gets it together and when um, they get all their guys back and healthy can keep it going I think Memphis has a lock on the second seed in the West man and I'm so excited to see Phoenix and Memphis two teams that two years ago were, were fighting to make it into the playoffs are now the top of the Western Conference the arguably tougher conference at the end of the day and that team loves John Morant. They love him. They'll fight for him. They'll die for him. I've talked about John for weeks because I will always be big on this kid. And I'm so pumped for him to be in this race. Look, man, um, they're, he's he's fantastic. They're probably a lock for the second seed in the, in the West. Um, I mean, Golden State's only a half game back. They just got to win. But they've yeah. been on a bit of a slide here. Um I don't know if the Western Conference is a, is a tougher conference, but he's got them there, and he's been fantastic. But these guys, I mean, M, Embiid is averaging what? Like almost 30 and 11 and 5. Giannis is averaging 30, 11 and 6. Um, Jokic is averaging 26, 14 and 9 or 8. Like It's wild. All of them have a 32 per. Like what? 32 per, like, is unimaginable. I mean, I remember reading about Jokic's stats in per last season and thinking, man, is this an anomaly or is this something we're going to start seeing more of? And the game for these three guys, these three bigs, has become laughable on some nights. Honestly, laughable for these guys. Ever since Harden joined, Embiid is having the time of his life being completely open. Jokic is carrying this Nuggets squad, doing absolutely everything on the court, and has no fear. And Giannis won a championship. The guy doesn't care anymore because he knows the playoffs are on the corner. He's coasting to dominance, man. It's absolutely berserk. Him, his ability and what he's doing is just nuts. And then Joel Embiid right now, he had to carry at the beginning a little bit. He probably has better teammates overall than both these guys now with Harden um, and Maxi and, Thi- and uh, Thibault and Tobias Harris because I like yeah. Thibault on the defensive end. Um, we both do. But, man, he's coasting at, at this point. Like, it, it looks easy. And then Nikola Jokic, I think this is where I think the argument has to go in Nikola's favor is because he is absolutely carrying a squad that doesn't have their two best scorers outside of him. Like, think of the fact that he's averaging eight assists a game and he doesn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. hitting down those open, easy shots that he lays up for them. He could be averaging, like, 26, 14, and 10. 
it's kind of insane that we can have this debate between three bigs in the era of basketball that we watch these days. And it's also crazy that all three of them are completely different players. Completely different players. Like, the closest comparison is Giannis and Embiid, for sure. Yeah. But, like, Embiid is athletic, but Giannis is a freak of athleticism. But Jokic is this anomaly, this crazy point god in a seven-footer's body who just does ridiculous things. Exactly. He's, He's so cerebral. It's so fun to just get to enjoy the three of them, and it's why they're just this tier above this second layer. It's why DeMar fell out. Because, yes, he was putting up those numbers and he was on that crazy streak, but the consistency isn't there. The Bulls aren't quite there. Jaw's in the conversation because Memphis is so high on the table and what he's doing. Luka's in the conversation because Luka's the answer. He's right in between. He's just kind of above. He's like Jokic and just doing everything for this roster. But it's fun because there's so much to talk about between them all. He is averaging 28-9-9. 28, 9, and 9 as the only good player on his team. (laughs) He is barely 23 years old. Can we just appreciate what this man is doing in the NBA today? Um, It's it's wild, man. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I think he's going to be the the face of the league. Everyone's talking about John. I love John, but I think I think it's Luca. Um and if he if you know if the other three guys weren't having the season, he would be my favorite for MVP. But like you said, man, Nikola Jokic, Embiid and, and Giannis have just kind of separated themselves into this other tier. This comparison too doesn't work. Um I don't know if you saw the interview with Nikola Jokic talking about Joel Embiid. Because they're really two centers, and you can kind of classify Giannis as a power forward hybrid exactly. center. Yeah. Um, and Nikola was talking about how being compared to Embiid is great because he thinks he's a fantastic player, but he also doesn't think that their games are at all similar. And I would totally agree. Embiid is predicated on his physical dominance, on being able to back you down and just destroy you. The things that he can do physically at his size are just incredible. Joker is the cerebral genius who gets everybody open. And it's they're completely different styles, but they're both beautiful to watch. And it's going to come down to the wire, man, here. Honestly, I might put money on, on the Joker to go back-to-back. Back. It's crazy to think that he might be the smartest player in the NBA. Like, it's crazy to think that he just has that type of intelligence, that type of know-how... And he's doing it with good, not amazing teammates, right? We talk about the amazing thing that we're going to see with Harden and Embiid coming together. Imagine if Jokic had a Klay Thompson on his team. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, just, just somebody... give him Jamal Murray back. <laughs> also true, right? Like, <laughs> just give it Jamal Murray. Your comments about it coming down to the wire, I think, is very spot on because there still is games left to play. The Nuggets are in the sixth spot. If he could pull that team to the third spot... What are we talking about, right? In the same way that Jaw has pulled his team absolutely far. If Embiid isn't able to pull his team back up the table now that he has Harden, is that enough for a conversation? If Giannis decides, maybe we will win the last 15 games of the season, right? Like, that's the that's the beauty of it, right? It can go any which way. But unless Jaw, Luca, or DeMar starts putting up 50 points a night for two weeks, these three, I think, are the final three for the conversation right now. Absolutely, and I think... I think, you know, we've been leading, you know, Joker and, and Embiid here. But I think what you just said at the end there kind of swayed me to Giannis. The maybe we should just win the next 15 games because he's been, like, kind of kind of good all year. But since February 15th, he's been a monster. Like, 50 points, 43 points, 39 points. Just an absolute monster. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when they were in like the sixth spot on the table and everybody was like, oh, you know, they're chilling their way there. They're they're in the second spot quite comfortably, you know, ahead of us, Cleveland, and they're just slightly above, you know, Philadelphia and the Bulls. And Miami, Miami might stay at the top, but can they do it if Giannis sides it? So that's why I love that idea. So it's going to really come down to the wire. I want it for Giannis, but like I'm hoping that maybe he doesn't win MVP and then if I call him to win a, another ring, he'll just he'll just do it again, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's pretty good of a breakdown of the MVP race. 
Um, obviously, we can go into Demar and Luca a little bit, but you know those guys—they're on the fringe. They're having fabulous seasons, but it's—it's it's not going to get them there. I mean, like six, seven weeks ago, I'm pretty sure we talked about Demar for 15 minutes when he had those back-to-back buzzer beaters. And Matt over here will talk about Luca, any opportunity he gets. So I'm sure they absolutely. will be back. Absolutely. So. You want to talk about Rookie of the Year? You want to talk about that other really important race that defines a lot of people's careers? Honestly, I think this is one of the best Rookie of the Year races we've seen in a long time. Evan Mobley is having what seems like a first ballot Hall of Famer kind of first NBA season. For sure. Um, He's legitimately a defensive first teamer like legitimately the first guy since maybe tim duncan to be a first teamer on on a rookie uh contract yeah. in a rookie year um and then you got josh giddy who like nobody really expected to be this good right away absolutely dominating in oklahoma um as that all-around point guard and and making shea almost expendable for this organization which is nuts because he's been the best scoring player since the all-star break i mean he had a bad game the other night but hey everybody's due to have a bad game <laughs> and we haven't even talked about cade cunningham or scotty Barnes. like what it's it's a beautiful race man and like to leave cade to the end of this conversation is insane because yes he missed a couple games at the start of the season he missed 10 15 games at the start of the season but recently if you just took the last 10, 15 games of this season, he's by far the rookie of the year. The guy has been doing insane things on a trash roster. Let's be honest. It's just a fact. Detroit, it, not good. A- absolutely, man. He's carrying that squad. He is the most 20-point games in the NBA as a rookie right now. Over the last like, 15, 20 games, he's been averaging 25-5. and five. Um, for the season right now, he's averaging almost 17, 6, and 5. Um, he actually has only played five less games than our boy Scotty, five less games than Evan Mobley, and only two less games than Josh Giddy because all of those boys have had some injuries this year. have all had to kind of take on the shelf a little bit. So I think when you think about it that way, I think he's worth it, man. The only, only thing that gets at Cade's case right now is his uh, advanced analytics. The the PER and the wind share, Mm. they're not where the others are. Um, You know, Josh Giddey, even on that worst team in the NBA in in OKC, he's got a better wind share, uh, better per. Evan Mobley's got like a 4.6 wind share and a 15.8 per. Do you know he's got the best per of them all? Boy. Your boy Scotty, yeah. 16.1. He's got a 4.8 win share. I mean, his advanced analytics are great, even though some people say that the Raptors are better with him off the court than on the court. Yeah, I mean, Golden State's better without Draymond Green as well. We see how that works. Okay, guys, come on. The people who say that are obviously not watching Raptors games. They're not paying attention to what happens. We are a developmental team. I don't want to get into it because we could talk about Raps for days, but... The Rookie of the Year race specifically, every single one of these guys deserves to be here. They've all punched their ticket. They've made you know their name matter. And I like your call on Cade. I think Mobley, it's his to lose unless Cade point. decides that he's going to come out and scorch the end of the season. You're right about Giddy just being forgotten about, but I'll never forget about you, Josh. I knew. I, was, I always believed in you. I'm, I'm pumped for this kid. And... I mean, at the end of the day, it's Scotty. Nobody appreciates the Raptors, so we just expect this. I honestly think that Scotty should be in in the driver's seat a little bit more than than people are realizing. Um, I think his defense, his offense, where he's at, um, he's averaging more points than Mobley. Um, again, he's got a better purr. He's got a better win share. Um, he's a better assist man on a team with worse players if you want to talk about that um and i think that if we really go in the developmental route we might be able to just get you know scotty to drop 28 points a game like he was doing for a little bit and he might be able to to get into that race a little bit better but again it's the media vote you know they love evan mobley's defense they love the fact that cleveland is you know this giant long lanky team that we 
haven't seen in so long, so he'll probably get it. It's it's a similar conversation to Julius Randle being in the MVP race for the Knicks last season, right? In terms of what they're doing in the East. And it's an exciting conversation because, again, it's a rookie who is doing ridiculous defensive things. At the end of the day, it's going to be a really interesting race to see. But, yeah, man, I think it's almost decided at this point. You know, barring any crazy injuries or anything, it's going to come down. Or a crazy run. or Right. It's going to come down to a couple things. But Cade, Mobley, hopefully our boy Scotty. But I think Giddy is just a little bit too far below him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Giddy's just on the fringe looking in. Um Man, I'm looking at these stats right now, and Evan Mobley um, actually loses in every single category except for rebounds. Yeah, man. So, like, you want to say that his defense is, like, a step up from Scotty's, which, like, would be fair, but I think Scotty's arguably one of our better defenders and can be. He does get lost some nights. Um, So I think that's where, I guess, you give Evan Mobley the edge, but... I think it's also the conversation of the fact that the Cavs have just been higher up on the table throughout the year. They've been more in the spotlight. They've been, you know, a higher thing. And at the end of the day, again, we are the Toronto Raptors. It's just how people feel about us. But, Matt, there's nothing else that I really got for Rookie of the Year. That's that's pretty much it for me. Do we have to go into a dreaded segment that we're so looking forward to? Talking about this Boston Celtics team that is putting the league on notice, the number one defense in the NBA right now. Ugh, it hurts me to say these things. Dude, it, I don't even want to talk about it. I know we told each other that we would talk about it, but man, that just sucks. I mean, they've been really good lately. Um, again, though, their streak started with a bunch of easy wins or they played teams where players were out. They did legitimately beat the, the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant the other night. Um, Jason Tatum on that 54-point night. That kid has, I think, hit his stride, has hit his prime, and he's going to be a top 5'10 player for the rest of his career at this point. They've really pulled it together. Through the struggles they went on in the beginning of the season, they kept the roster pretty much together as is. Ime Adoku, shout out to him, first-year first coach, absolutely killing it. You know, he's, he's making these boys work. For me, though, the real thing that I want to talk about is Time Lord. This guy has come in and really become a defensive anchor. You know, they got rid of Al Horford for a year, but they brought him back because they needed that veteran savvy presence, but he couldn't play center anymore. The solution is they've allowed the development of Time Lord to come in and be that presence. Man, I watched a video the other day just about his ability to be in the right spot and the way that they switch rotations. And it's kind of beautiful the way that he's almost always a step or two away from getting a block. From, from contesting inside the rim. It's what Gobert should be doing, but he doesn't have the quick step for it. So I have to give shout-outs to that guy, even though he's a Boston Celtic. Man, I wish we'd traded for him years ago. Man, I know. We talked about it. I thought he would have fixed our, our center issues. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's tough because they're the Boston Celtics, you know, and, and hated rival. Absolutely <laughs> hate the Boston Celtics. I'm puking in my mouth at this point talking oh, about absolutely. them. Absolutely. But they're good, man. And, you know, Brown and Tatum, uh, they're a one-two monster, which is what you need. They're both big athletic wings. Um, you know, Tatum at 6'8", being a Kobe-style player, so a bigger yeah. Kobe, is just scary for, for the idea of that. Marcus Smart can guard almost all five positions as a point guard. Um it's it's scary, man. They've, they've got the number one defense in the NBA for a reason, and they've got Jason Tatum who can score them out of anything. So, And if the season ended today and they got to face the Bulls in the first round, you know what I mean? Like We are, we are already talking about the Bulls and the struggles they were going to face, but the Celtics team might be on a tear and might be ripping up the end of this season but that's it i can't i can't do it anymore matt that's all the celtics talk i can get let's move on let's get out of here just about the bulls man they are the quintessential regular season team they are the utah jazz of the eastern conference uh got a great bench deep roster gonna make some noise in the regular season playoffs roll around i just don't know demar's got his game at a whole new level this year and i still don't know if it's going to be good enough Oh, I think I cursed them also a couple weeks ago because they're now four games back from Miami. They've fallen out of that first place. Oh, I'm so sad about it. But, Matt, 
Anything else before we move into Raptors chat? No, nah, man. I think I think we're good to just go right in. Um, hurt Tough week. week. Yeah. One, three. Losses to the Pistons. We got swept for the second year in a row to the Detroit Pistons. We are cursed against them. They haven't swept us since 2006. Great oh, Matt. Man. I know. Great it's the Casey. curse. It's the curse that we have to deal with, unfortunately. And then to lose to the Magic after that. And the Cavs is the Cavs. At least we stopped Greg Popovich from getting, you know, the victory against us. But tough week. Tough week. It goes back to the fact that we just are too thin, man. I think we've talked about it before that our starting five is great. And when they're all healthy, um, you mentioned it, they all provide their, their own little niche that we need. Gary Trent Jr. is the flamethrower heater that we need in in cold spells. Fred Van Vliet is the is the general, the the commander in chief. He's the Kyle. Let's yeah. just let's call it that for now. <laughs> Pascal Siakam um, is our like go to scoring wing and and can guard other teams' wings and and OG Ananobi is better at guarding other teams' wings and is a great open um, you know knockdown three point shooter. When we lose one of them, we have nobody else to pick up the slack. We have no other guys on the bench that can do it. And we're just asking Thad Young to spot up in the corner and shoot threes. Why didn't we go get like a Kyle Korver type guy? It's, Why did we go after Thad Young? It's painful when we know that there can be more. But on the other end, I have to remember that this is a quote-unquote rebuilding season. Everybody expected us to be trash absolute trash we weren't supposed to be in the play-in hunt we weren't supposed to be in the playoff race at all and no way were people expecting this out of scotty so it hurts to see these moments but the hope is that we can keep building the hope is that we can come together we can figure out whether our bench pieces can become what we want them to be or whether or not we need to just kind of slowly move our way on it's a tough situation as a raptors fan because we can't really do anything we just kind of watch and hope that our team does the right things and they've got a good track record so you know at least we're not over here you know yeah exactly we got trust in Masai we have to trust in Masai but at the end of the day do I love our position that we're sitting in not really I I don't love the position that we're sitting in but I also think that it's easier to get out of our situation than it it's um it is to find players that we have To find an OG, to find a Siakam, to find a Scotty, um, they don't grow on trees in the NBA. Those kinds of elite level wings, um, they they just don't. And so we can find shooters. We can we can find guys who are spot up shooters who can hit corner threes, who can do that. Um, and that's what I think we're going to be tasked with all off season is is finding the right rotational pieces and the right shooting pieces. To, to bring this roster to a next level because at the end of the day when we don't have Fred Van Vliet in the lineup we're counting on Gary Trent Jr. to do everything like this this is a team that didn't even get to six or seven threes against Cleveland the other day yeah you know it's and, and, and another thing to add that if I can add on to it is the idea that you know people are amazed that Scotty is creating his own shot as often as he is but you have to remember that we are the worst team in the league when it comes to assist ratio you know, there's something going on with the Raptors where we have good ball movement. You and I have seen it. There's moments yeah. where we're watching this team, and it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's super flowy. But, like, man, it was 25-12 to 12 in assists against the Pistons. It's unacceptable. How are we putting up 12 assists tonight? Like, our team, on the Pistons. our team is either not finding the open man or our players are not knocking down the shots off those assisted plays. The balance has to be found. What is the issue? So we're going to be really having to figure out this offseason. And, you know, we have aspirations to make it in the play on. We have aspirations to make it in the playoffs because who doesn't want to have playoff basketball? It's exciting for the boys. It's great for rookies to get that seven-game series to adapt, to be forced to play against one or two guys for game after game after game and learn what you can out of that. But at the same time, we got a lot of work to do until we're back to that 2019 team, my friend. Yeah, I, I, it's a ton of work to do to get back to that championship level. But, I mean, we talked about it earlier uh, before the show that, you know, if the Raptors just stood pat this offseason and, you know, 
went with the exact same roster, let everyone develop and, you know, um, play in the G League for, for some of those guys and, and get better and get some play in experience, we'll definitely be in the playoffs next year. We'll be a, a five seed, I think, easy. Um, it's just if we want to take the next step next year, if we want to be a contender, if we want to be pushing the likes of Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, we're going to need to add some pieces. And I don't know how much we can add without subtracting one of our major guys. And so I'm, I've been on it all year. I've been on it since last year. I think he's playing the best basketball of his career, which is perfect. Let's maximize his value. Let's go get something for Pascal Siakam. Let's go get a Shea Gilgis Alexander or, you know, a guy like that that's out there who's young, who can score, who can we add into our guard rotation. Because at the end of the day, man, if our power forward, small forward starters are OG and Scotty and, like, Ken Birch is coming off the bench or Precious is coming off the bench, that's a good forward rotation for me. It's, it's kind of about getting younger. It's kind of about resetting the timeline. You know, we're doing it MCU style. We want to reset that timeline for the boys, but it's going to be hard because, you know, Ala, De, the DeMar trade, right? Like, it was painful to watch that man go. But we talked the night of the trade about how this could be revolutionary and absolutely changing for our franchise. And, I mean, what did the result end up? Can we get the right player at the end of the day? That's the question that our front office has to figure out. Exactly. I think losing a player of DeMar's caliber and of DeMar's ilk and the what he had done in his career here was so big. It made CTV news, right? Like I was at work and I saw it on CTV news and people in the in at work were upset about it and they were, yeah. "Oh, how are we going to do that? Kawhi's just going to leave us after a year, blah blah blah." And all I could I was giddy. I was absolutely through the roof when we when I found that. And it's not because I didn't love DeMar. It's because, you know, I knew Kawhi could do what he did. I knew he could do what he did. And so if we can find that or find a young player to help build into this roster, why not? And, and we've had a lot of conversations about what it takes to win a championship, what you need at the top of your team. And there are teams that have been able to do it, you know, as a core. And we look at Scotty as someone who could potentially be, not maybe Kawhi in the way that he is, but that number one guy five, six years down the road. You have to make a decision on where it's going to go. Can we get a guy that will enable his development to become that guy? Or do we need to get somebody else to be that guy and then Scotty can enable them? It's, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. But we've had that realization that at the end of the day, the guys that we have are great. We're going to put up a fantastic product, and we're going to have good playoff success. But, Matt, didn't we already go through that? Didn't we go through four, five years of that to then make the trade to get that championship? Dude, we used to be the Chicago Bulls. Honestly. We used to be the Utah Jazz. You know, I mean, we were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and all the good it did us when LeBron swept us out of the playoffs. You know? Every so single time. At the end of the day, the NBA is about, do I have the best player on the floor and if not if i don't have the best player i need to have at least the next three that's the kind of impact you have to have that's what how golden state were was able to beat cleveland all those years yeah because yes lebron was number one but steph clay and draymond were two three and four and then they got kd and then it was unfair just, that's just how math works right but it's going to be really interesting. we got to fix some bench issues. You know, Malachi's going to be out for 10 days or so with that left hamstring strain. He was playing really well for us. You know, he was giving us a lot of assists, a lot of playmaking, stepping up in Fred's absence, but not enough. It's so sad that the moment that he gets his opportunity to really show that he's ready for the NBA, that Ugh. he's ready for rotational minutes, he hurts himself because he, he had great games against uh, Brooklyn back-to-back. And I was really liking what I was seeing from him. It's sad. He could help fix our bench issues, man. You know? He could I mean, be he had, that he, extra guard. He had 28... Actually, he had 20 points and 8 assists against the Magic. Right? Like, before having that injury. like, And that was on 7 for 14 shooting. Like, th there's... We, we have things. That's why we're saying that we, we could be good if we don't do anything. But who knows, man? It's going to be a really interesting offseason. It's going to be a really interesting rest of the season and playoffs. Like, 
we st- we're getting too far ahead of ourselves sometimes, you know? But yeah. should we look ahead? Should we talk about this week coming up? Because the Suns is a tough game. The Nuggets against Joker is always a tough game. The Lakers should be a free win, let's hope. And then the Clippers on Wednesday, like, another tough week potentially ahead of us. Just something about the Lakers, man, and the fact that, like, Carmelo Anthony is agreeing with James Worthy that they're not hungry enough, that Jalen Green, who's not had the rookie season that everyone expected, came out and said, yeah, I just wanted to put him in isolation. That was the game plan. And so I just hit my shots over him. Because you watch that defense from last night's game. He is so lazy. That is the issue. They're old and lazy, man. They think that because they have these illustrious careers that it's just going to be a cakewalk. You guys still have to do it this year. You still have to have to put up. So I think you're right. I think the Lakers could be an easy win. The Clippers, you know, without Kawhi, without Paul George, those the Suns and Nuggets are definitely going to get us. My only worry is LeBronto. You know, a guy put up 56 the other night. Like, who knows how he feels against going against us. He might decide he's going to do it again just because he feels like it. But, yeah, tough week incoming, Matt. Not much more to say on Raps Chat End. Yeah, man. I, it's a tough time in our season right now. We We have been up and down this year. If we can stay healthy and we can add some pieces, we'll be fine. I'm not worried about the boys. That's why we're going to be successful. We're going to have positivity, Matt. That's what we want to have. But are you ready for some takes? You ready for some predictions? Let's go, man. Let's hear it. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to keep riding this train. You know, the Lakers, you guys are not great. And you're going up against the Wizards tomorrow night. And that team is going to be pissed that you traded all these guys away. And Westbrook is going to be like, meh. So I'm expecting an absolute painful loss for the Lakers tomorrow night. Hey, man. They're like, what, we were looking at it six of their last 14 or something, six of oh. their last 20 wins. Like, it's, it's been bad for them. Um, and sticking on that on that theme, man, I'm going to go back to one of the hotter takes of the year when I put the, the Pelicans in the playoffs. I think they're going to jump the Lakers, though, man, in that playoff tournament. And uh, I think they're going to be maybe the, the eighth seed. Who knows? Man, but they're the definitely Pelicans, jumping the Lakers. If the Pelicans can somehow get into the playoffs it will be the greatest comeback in take history for you my friend oh my god all year i've been (laughs) trashing myself on that take and if they make the playoffs i will just let it rain (laughs) i can't wait to see it but my dude anything else this week no man i think we're good i think you're good to wrap us up perfect well thanks everybody for being here follow us on twitter facebook at the board sports like subscribe give us a thumbs up whatever you need and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts And we'll talk to you next time.